Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Monique Chapman Show, where self-help connects with spirituality. Our supportive community of forward-thinking experts share tools for you to live a better life. I am so glad you joined me today. We are speaking with Mary Shutan, and she's the author of The Spiritual Awakening Guide, Kundalini, Psychic Abilities, and the Conditioned Layers of Reality. So, folks, this is going to be a great show. So if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, and you can call us at 914 914- Two zero five five six four one. Again, that number to join us is nine one four two zero five five six four one. You know, give us a call. Get in on the conversation. Now, a bit about me for my new listeners, Intuitive Since Birth. I'm a third-generation intuitive with over three decades of experience providing results-oriented consultations. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing information which enables you to become a master builder of your life. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I authored Getting Your M&Ms, the Men and Money book, and um, Masterful Choice is the Key to Easy, Effective Change. Now, I provide consultations and healings regarding relationships, business, career, money, and love that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live life to the fullest. I've been told by my clients that I keep it real while providing accurate information and profound deep healings as they face the lessons they agreed to learn in this particular lifetime. Remember to like and follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and connect with me on LinkedIn. My opt-in newsletter, Healing News, is available through my website, MoniqueChapman.com. Mary Mueller Shutan is a acupuncturist, herbalist, cranial sacral therapist, zero balancer, and spiritual healer. Mary has helped hundreds of people worldwide navigate their spiritual awakenings and psychic abilities through her programs and consultations. You can check her out on her website while you're listening to this show, and that is MaryShutan.com. I'll spell that for you, M-A-R-Y-S-H-U-T-A-N.com, so MaryShutan.com. Welcome, Mary. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Hey, it's great to um, have you on the show. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed your book. As I shared with you before the show, you broke it down into segments where people can really digest the information, get the information, plus get the energy of the information at the same time. So you can read it through once and do the little exercises. It's chock full of exercises and stories, but chock full of exercises, and you get the information. What inspired you to do this, Mary? You know, I went through a spiritual awakening myself. I went through um, what's known as a kundalini awakening, and I really looked for information that could help me. Um, And I tend to be a really practical-minded person. And so most of the information I found was either for what I call the aspirational community, meaning people that wanted to have a spiritual awakening, um, or was from a specific guru or a specific type of dogma saying, you need to do this, you need to do that um, once you've had a spiritual awakening. And none of that really resonated with me. And so... um, it's really through my own experiences as well as starting to work with clients who started to to come to me more and more over the years 
that um, I compiled together all of my research and all of my client stories um, in, a, in a really practical guide um, that's non-dogmatic and, and it's, from what I've told, been um, pretty clear for people. Mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. Now, you know, you said dogma. Do you feel that there's a spiritual dogma that exists today? I do, yeah, and that was one of the difficulties that I ran into, quite honestly, is because I'd run into people, and I wouldn't necessarily, I have a strong, what what I'll gently call a, a BS meter, meaning that I could tell when somebody is not speaking the truth necessarily, and what I found <laughs> is that a lot of people talking about spiritual awakenings and how awakened they were and how you need to do it their way um, and through their, you know, kind of cosmology of the universe, either didn't know what they were talking about or were not quite having the experiences that they thought they did. Um, and mm-hmm. I realize that sounds a little bit harsh. No, it doesn't, um, girl. But, I can tell you stories. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I tend to be a little bit blunt, which people can comment on sometimes. Well, but, girl, we're going um, to do just fine, but so am I. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, um, so what I found is that through my own process and through talking to people who have had spiritual awakenings, is that it's a really uh, a freeing process, meaning that you kind of you let go of dogmas, you let go of all of these constricting beliefs, and so this idea that you needed to do something a specific way never really resonated with me. Uh, I agree, and it's interesting because some of the quote-unquote larger names in this community, um, I see a lot of spiritual dogma because I get to talk to them, you know. It's really interesting uh, as the evolution of spirituality and metaphysics has come to the forefront and then to see, you know, it's kind of like shaking uh, salt out of a salt shaker looking to see where everything falls out. But I am so glad that you are a part of the community. Um, Now, how is your book, The Spiritual Awakening Guide, different from other guides out there? Well, first of all, it's focused on people who might already be having a spiritual awakening. So it doesn't teach you necessarily how to have a spiritual awakening. It's for people who are like, you know, I sense that I'm on a deeply spiritual path or I just sense that I'm on a spiritual path. I wonder what's going on. And so my book goes over the the spiritual journey um, as well as different types of awakenings. And like you talked about, there are different exercises and understandings so people can um, really have the direct experience that they need to kind of get on their own path. And that's really been a big part of my of my teachings is that spiritual experiences and spiritual awakening is a path of direct revelation, meaning that I can teach you what I know, I can teach you what I've experienced, I can teach you what other people have experienced, but really it's about your own experience, what you need to do in this lifetime, um, the lessons that you need to learn, and kind of finding your own way so you can have a direct relationship to kind of your greater spirit and whatever's kind of going on with you and your awakening path. Okay, so when you decide that you're going to be more spiritual, or at least that's a a want, a dream, a desire, and you embark on that path, does one have to take classes, or is it can it be done by reading a book? Do you have to go to meetups? How how does one really get in tune with themselves while you know going down this path? You know, some of the ways are going to sound really completely simple. I do not, I'm not one of those people that says that you need a teacher, although it can certainly be helpful. It can also be mm-hmm. harmful as well. So mm-hmm. meetups are the same sort of thing. They can be helpful or you can go in there and you can meet somebody that's like, you need to do this this way. And if you're a beginner, that can be really confusing to say the least to you. But Really, some of the best ways to start to um, kind of experience spirituality are to do things that you're really passionate about, to do things that get in touch with kind of a greater sense, you being a part of something larger than yourself. So in the book, I talk about um, the concept of peak experience, but and I talk about somebody who went to go look out at the stars at night or a woman who felt like she was in... Um, and the cafe in France and like the at the perfect time for her and everything just seemed completely right. 
Um, and so, um, and, you know, I have friends who go to music concerts and, you know, that to them is their experience of something larger than them. So um, if I were to be kind of to make a list, I would say things like connecting to nature, connecting to whatever you're passionate about, whatever kind of um, makes you individually feel blissful. Um, as well as there are things that are extraordinarily helpful, like meditation and silence and, and stuff like that as well. Okay, so what is your answer for that good old question? My mind's too busy, I can't meditate. So how do you conquer that? Well, there are a couple ways to conquer that. A lot of times people launch into meditative practices and they think that they need to, you know, do something for 20 minutes twice a day and they have to be this perfect, you know, zen state right away. Meditation really Uh is kind of work. Um, And so in meditation, it's completely understandable if you have thoughts and that's really okay. Um, But for a lot of people starting out, they try to do these really complex meditations and just doing a simple mantra meditation or something like that where you don't need to empty your thoughts or empty your mind. Um, just sitting in silence and having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea outside in nature or going to a garden and just sitting and contemplating flowers or, or a tree or something like that. Those are all meditative activities that can foster that deeper sense of yourself and you're not having to do something in this really sort of strict, strict way. Okay. Now, when you you said earlier that you know um, people kind of just come to their own awakening, is it the spirit that's awakening within them, or is it more of the ego that is saying, okay, you got to get on the bandwagon with this? Um, it could kind of be either or or both. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So in the book, I do discuss ego awakenings, but um, a lot of what happens is kind of a combination of both, actually. So people um, are interested in spirituality or interested in spiritual paths or interested in healing, and maybe they go to a meetup or a workshop or something like that. And it's so easy in our culture to get really caught up in um, kind of aspirational or competitive spirituality meaning uh-huh. that we want we want to be awakened, we want to be enlightened, we want to be advanced yesterday. Um, I always kind of joke about that. Um, and so there is a fair amount of ego of, oh, I'm the most enlightened person out there, and, and that sort of stuff that, that certainly is really evident in modern spiritual um, circles. And it's kind of laughable to me uh, <laughs> to me now. Um, <laughs> but, but at the time when I was going through the beginning of my awakening process, it was really confusing to me because all of these people were claiming all of these really great things. And um, just looking at them and listening to them, they seemed like to be, in some cases, um, rather angry or miserable or not all they kind of said they might be. And so there is this kind of split with me when I was doing that. But um, typically I would find that the people that were really my greatest teachers were not the people that were putting on all the airs, as they say. They were the, you know, people who... We're just, you know, simply gardeners or, you know, even a small child, really anything can be a teacher for you if you if you allow it. It's the people that are kind of shouting and waving their fists and saying, I'm, you know, I'm so enlightened. I'm the greatest thing in the universe. I'm, you uh-huh. know, that you really have to kind of that you have to kind of watch out for. Yeah. And it's amazing. There's a lot of them out there. Um, it truly surprises me. Still, on, on a daily basis, it does surprise me. Now, in your book, you talk about, you know, different stages of awakening. And I believe there's, what, three stages? Did I remember that correctly? You know, I talk about different layers of awakening. I would say okay. that there are probably kind of three. You are right, though. I would I would call it kind of three distinct stages that people go through. Okay, so there's three stages, but then you talk about layers, and you said there are 12 layers. Now, this is the first time that I've really been able to um, wrap my mind around this concept. Could you share that with um, our audience tonight, the layers, the 12 layers, briefly? Yeah, and so I'll talk about it kind of briefly. I'll talk about kind of the stages that people go through and kind of cluster the layers. But when we first awaken, 
it's really to our own stuff, meaning we kind of we work through our own stuff. So stuff that we've been through in this lifetime, um, I, you know, kind of issues and traumas and beliefs and all that sort of stuff, emotions that all very much have to do with us. And then we start to awaken a little bit more and maybe we'll be able to awaken to what family members are going through or awaken to the fact that um, perhaps our parents or other family members or even our... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ancestors um, passed down energies and beliefs and understandings and even traumas to us. Um, mm-hmm. And then we awaken even further and we might understand that... Um, okay, maybe we've had past lives, maybe there's such a thing as karma. Um, and so those are kind of the two, the two first stages kind of in brief. Um, and then you start to go into more collective stages, realizing that, um, awakening to the fact that, you know what, society has really given me belief. There's kind of an unspoken energy. It's basically called the grid system, but there are energies feeding into me and creating me um, from society, from culture, from world, um, even from, you know, mythic influences, archetypes. Um, And so that's really the last stage that people start to awaken to the fact that they've been given beliefs, um, basically from the history of the world. Um, And then beyond that, that they've been shaped by so many different energies and they're living out so many different patterns that really Uh um, flow through them and create them. And then people go into realizing that they are one with all of these things um, and start to feel um, a state of flow, meaning that they start to transcend and feel freedom from these things. So it sounds really complicated, but we basically start out with ourselves and we're the center of the universe, and we start to to awaken to how much has shaped us and created us, and we break free. We kind of, I talk about it's like a series of those Russian nesting dolls. Um, uh-huh. You start to kind of break free from all of this and really experience freedom and flow um, when you move past all of this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, talking about those Russian nesting dolls, how does one break free of the energy that's not theirs? Because if you're a Russian nesting doll, you definitely have other energies in your space. So how can we break free? And you also talked about the ancestors and family. It's great that we're a part of that energy, but it's not necessarily our own, right? Yeah, and the important thing here is I'll talk about ancestral energies just because they are really prevalent and it's typically a big thing for people to heal or to look at. But the first thing um, that is typically necessary is acknowledgement, is realizing, you know what, I have no reason to feel the amount of fear that I'm feeling in my lifetime in this, you know, in this context, there's something extra going on there. Or, you know, I feel some anger, but I have all of this rage piled up and I don't know why. And so that's typically how people start to kind of awaken to patterns that are not their own, realizing, you know what, maybe this isn't mine. And really having that understanding is the first step. Um, and typically when people are awakening, um, they'll have things like strange dreams or they'll have pointers like, you know, um, little signs like their family members all of a sudden, you know, talking about ancestral stories and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so really realizing and understanding 
that um, is is really helpful, but also there is a lot of healing that can be done um, and working through this layer. And I get into it a little um, in the book so people can kind of understand what this layer is about as well as how to start to work with it. But with any of these layers, what we can do is release the trauma and kind of tap into the strength or the power um, of of the story of the of the layer that we're talking about. Okay, okay. Now you had said when at the top of the show that you know you awoke through the um, process of Kundalini. I'd like to spend some time and talk about Kundalini. It's often a very misunderstood energy, um, dangerous, if, in my opinion, if you don't know what you're doing with it, and you can feel free to you know, disagree with that. So could you share with us what is Kundalini, how we work Kundalini, how it helps us, how it deters from us? So I very much would agree with you, and I would also say that Kundalini has very much become a buzzword. So when something becomes part of our kind of outer pop culture, people start using it and may not have a clear idea of what it really entails. Um, And so a Kundalini um, awakening is um, essentially Kundalini is a latent energy. So we all have the potential for this energy within us. Um, In most people, it is dormant, however. And what it is, is it's our connection to essentially the cosmos, whatever word you want to put on it. Um, You know, cosmos, universe, something like that. It's divine creative force. And so what happens is that it starts to flow or awaken, and um, it's considered a bottom-up awakening because it's dormant basically around the area of the tailbone in the body. And so it will start exploding, um, awakening, or basically rising, kind of like like a temperature gauge does, or in some cases like a volcano. And what Uh it does is that it basically clears the chakra system. So all of those beliefs and understandings that we were talking about, all those layers that we were talking about, Uh um, it starts... It starts by clearing all of those chakras and releasing all of those beliefs, all of those understandings, typically in pretty quick order. Um, And then it goes on secondary pathways through the body and into the brain and into eventually into every cell of the body. Um, But with it, a lot of people get really, really stuck. Um, So a lot of people who are having Kundalini awakenings, they have it awaken, um, but because it starts in the first chakra and moves upward, our first and second and third chakras contain a lot of information. They contain a lot of trauma. They contain just basically a lot of, you know, issues for people. Uh And so what typically comes up is that people are pretty resistant to it. And just because it can be a really dramatic awakening, um, people get really freaked out about it because it causes all sorts of physical symptoms because it's an energy that comes through the body um, that um, people, will, people will be very resistant to it um, and it will create a lot of issues for them. But it is a very strong process. And so for people, um, a lot of people they won't have anywhere to turn or they won't really understand what's going on with themselves when they start to experience it. Uh-huh. So what happens if someone decides that they want to play and they really don't have knowledge of what they're playing with? Is there a way to uh, contain the kundalini energy or back it back down? You know, there are different um, kind of thoughts on this. The first thing that I would say is that for people who decide to play with this, it really is a cosmic sort of energy. And so it sounds great because people always want these incredible, intense spiritual experiences until they basically actually have one. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. things are a different matter. Um, So a lot of people who think that they're awakening Kundalini or, or, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, um, a vast majority of them won't be doing so. Maybe they'll feel a little Kundalini rise, but it will go back into dormancy. It isn't a full awakening. Um, Uh So feeling Kundalini kind of stir um, momentarily versus having a full awakening are two separate things, and a lot of times people don't know the difference between those. Um, 
a kundalini awakening is a full permanent process, meaning that there's not really a way to, um, once it's fully awakened, there's not really a way to back it down or to stop the process. But there are a lot of tools and a lot of ways that people can work with it so uh-huh. that it becomes a source of bliss and joy for them and so that it brings a lot to their life. Um, so they deeply know who they are, so they deeply understand their spiritual path instead of having all of these really difficult physical, emotional symptoms that 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 come up um, for people during the process. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I've worked with some people who um, Kundalini was way out of control, and it was very difficult for them to even function normally in life. I mean, one person had even gone to the psychiatrist and was diagnosed with some, you know, psychiatrist disease Mm -hmm. and said that that was their issue. So. You know, I, I'd like for you to impress upon the audience, if it is true, how dangerous it is to play with this energy if you don't know what you're doing. Well, like I go back to kind of the thought of people always want these really intense spiritual experiences until they have them, but it is incredibly true that I talk to people all the time who have been hospitalized with this energy, who've had near-death experiences or death experiences because of this energy, who can't eat for months at a time except for really simple, bland things, um, Uh who are having so much stuff come up, so many traumas, so much material, basically just an explosion. There's a reason why a lot of people call it like a volcanic energy um, beyond the fact that there's a lot of heat, but um, but or like kind of like a freight train because it's like having all of your trauma come up at the same time. There are very few of us that could handle that. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times people will go and think that, oh, I want a Kundalini awakening. I've heard that it can connect you to the cosmos or, you know, people who just want it because. Um, and they're one of those people that for whatever reason it awakens and they basically don't know what to do with themselves. They're, you know, they're hospitalized. They might be medicated. Um, in some cases they, they um you know, can't get out of bed for periods of time and all of the stuff that I that I talked about. Even if you mm-hmm. are a pretty stable person, it is a very difficult energy um, to work with at first. Um, there are, of course, tools to work with it and everything, but really the process of, of kundalini awakening is a process of surrender. And so no matter who you are and how stable or how like kind of physically purified, as they call it, um, you are at the beginning, it's going to be a difficult process for people to, to let go of so much stuff in a short period of time, basically. Okay. All right. Well, let's switch gears for a moment and talk about um, psychic um, abilities, because that's part of the title in your book. Um, how does one cultivate their psychic abilities? I believe everybody has it, so I'm going to just pass that and go into cultivation. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, on some level, I do think that psychic abilities can certainly be fostered. We we can become more sensitive. All all of us can be more sensitive than um, than we are certainly, and that would be wonderful if everybody in the world decided, oh, I'm going to become a bit more sensitive than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, in the book, I talk about psychic abilities because psychic psychic abilities can be a particular type of awakening, um, meaning that um, people can go through a process of awakening and psychic abilities are really a byproduct of the awakening process um, for them. So that's how Mm -hmm. I kind of relate with stuff in the book um, in terms of psychic abilities overall. Um, I would say if somebody's going through an awakening process that becoming more sensitive um, becoming more psychically aware is generally a part of the process and it kind of opens up the the more awakened that you are, for lack of a better term. Um, in terms of simply cultivating psychic abilities, it's another one of those things, you know, I hate to be, I hate to be the downer, but, you know, it's one of those things that it's like, 
it sounds really great to open up your third eye or to, you know, do whatever, but um, there are difficulties that happen. Um, uh-huh. And in this case, I talk about um, top-down awakenings in the book, which is where people open up their crown chakra and their third eye, but they're not really grounded. And so they start to have all of this energy come in, um, uh-huh. And they can't process it through their physical body because they're basically they're not grounded, so it can lead to a lot of lead to a lot of issues, um, such um, as. But yeah, um, so headaches are a big issue for people because basically what's happening is that they're getting a big influx of energy in through their crown or through their third eye, but they haven't opened up their chakra system enough that they um, that they can move the energy through their body. So for most people, it's like they get a bottleneck of energy at their throat. So they start to get um, eye issues, headaches. Um, In some cases, um, I'm always cautious talking about mental illness, but in some cases there are, I have certainly met people who are severely top-down awakened who basically are non-functional. They're in hospitals because they're, you know, hearing angels or they're doing, you know, they're they're in so many different kind of realities at once or they're a really natural medium, but they, you know, they haven't cultivated anything. Um, and it can be really difficult for people. Um, in mm-hmm. most cases, that doesn't necessarily happen, but we do live in a culture that isn't necessarily that excited about doing things. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Things like working with grounding or working through trauma or doing body-based practices in a spiritual manner. We all want to, you know, work with our pineal gland and open up the third eye and open up the crown. And so... Um, for most people, a lot of a lot of balancing is needed um, just in terms of kind of awakening. Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion, how would one integrate their chakra system so that it could be supportive of them um, being in touch with these energies that are with them? Yeah, and so um, there is. In our kind of current culture, there's really a lack of appreciation for the physical body, meaning Mm -hmm. that a lot of people use spirituality as sort of an escapist tool, meaning that they want to be anywhere else but their lives in their bodies, you know, that sort of thing. And so um, one of the, the things that I've learned and that I try to express to people is that, um, how spirituality should impact us is through our daily lives and through our physical body. And so I talked to a lot of people that would rather be anywhere else but their physical body. And for them, spirituality is that kind of escapist thing. But really doing any sort of body-based practices and in simplicity, Mm -hmm. I'll talk about, you know, yoga and Tai Chi and going for walks and being out in nature and all that sort of stuff is really Mm -hmm. wonderful for people. Um, And going a bit further, um, I'm a huge proponent, as you mentioned. um, I do a lot of body work, um, particularly um, craniosacral therapy. So craniosacral therapy, any energy work that is body-focused is going to be really helpful for people to, to help to integrate these energies. We're working with a spiritual worker that works through the physical body instead of thinking that it's just, you know, somehow separate from things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So um, we need to work on our chakras, um, our aura. How 
how can we manage that energy within our aura so that we are again in balance so that we can assimilate these energies as they're coming in yeah and so um ideally we would all be in a state of free flow meaning that we'd have energy come in and even if it's difficult energy or negative energy we'd be clear enough we'd be flowing enough um that we could just kind of our bodies would release that energy naturally um Mm -hmm. what has happened is that um a lot of times that we don't have that nice free flow it's it's kind of a rare thing to see it's always beautiful to see when i see it um but for people to bring an awareness to their aura again kind of that understanding thing is the first step and really kind of maintaining energetic sort of hygiene i talk about um quite a bit but doing things i'm a huge proponent of spiritual bathing and cleaning processes meaning Mm -hmm. learning how to physically clear out energies from your body as well as your aura as well as your house where you're living so no matter you know no matter who we are if we're more sensitive we're going to accumulate energies around us or even if we aren't sensitive and we're in customer service or dealing with a lot of people we're going to accumulate a lot of stuff that isn't ours and so learning how to clear that out properly um, and a lot of people go into huge kind of thoughts on protection oh i need to shield myself oh i need to do this Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of that can really close us down. And so I meet people who are so shielded that they look like like they, you know, don't have any personality at all. They literally like, you know, you can't, they aren't having any energy come in, which might be their point, but Mm -hmm. um, they're not having any good energy come in and they're not being able to cycle their own kind of negative or, um, more difficult energy or just energy overall out and so learning how to work with kind of um, sealing or with shielding that's a bit more porous so you're not just kind of um, energetically constipating yourself for lack of a better word I like that I like that energetic constipation It's really helpful. So a lot of people just really haven't learned the tools on how to manage their energy appropriately. And it can be astonishing just what I see, you know, people learning how to do things like spiritual bathing, you know, for clearing out energies around them. It can, you know, they do a couple of baths a week and you talk to them, you know, a month later and they're no longer getting migraines. They no longer feel tired at the end of the day. And obviously this is an individual process, but we all get so much stuff that isn't ours and we just don't know how to clear it out. We don't know how to protect ourselves appropriately. So we're getting the good stuff in um, as well as kind of keeping keeping the stuff we don't want out. Okay. Could you possibly share a little recipe for a spiritual bath that would help us with energy constipation? Yeah, and so um, one of my, there are two baths I'll talk about, and both of them are really simple. The first bath that I really like is just salt. So it can be Epsom salts, which are a great just kind of basic clear, um, and then lemon. So either just like Mm -hmm. half a lemon, and you can put it like in a little mesh bag or something like that if you don't want seeds and kind of goo in your bathtub for, Mm -hmm. for easy cleanup later. Um, And you just put it in the bath and let it soak for a little bit and you get in and you just do some downward strokes down your body and ask for any energy in or around you to clear. Um, And one of my other favorite baths that I teach people um, is a goat's milk and parsley bath. And it's the same thing. You can use like a cup or two of um, goat's milk um, Mm -hmm. and just like a sprig of parsley Um, And again, you can put it in a little mesh bag or a cheesecloth or something like that. Um, You let it soak and it's the same sort of thing. And so some people, um, and so all of those ingredients are really simple and they're known in a lot of different cultures for having energy clearing purposes. And um, the goat's milk one is especially for people who need a little bit more nurturing with their their clearing. So to kind of feel a little bit more relaxed with that as well. But both of those. Although they sound so simple, they're one of those simple things that people can do that can really clear a lot of energy from them. 
So what if you don't have the bathtub? I mean, what if you just have a stall shower? What can you do there? Can you do the same things with just rubbing those materials on you or what? Yeah, so um, so there are a couple ways that you can do this. One is you can do a foot soak, um, but that isn't hmm. necessarily okay. my preferred way. But the way that mm-hmm. I suggest that people do it is just to get a bowl or a bucket and put the ingredients in there and just put a sponge in and just in your shower stall do downward strokes down your body with the with the sponge or some people even kind of pour the mixture over their head but that can get a little messy sometimes so typically mm-hmm. i suggest the the sponge the sponge to people okay well that's great cuz i mean if you're in there with the bucket you can just do what you need to do and be done cuz you yeah. know i live in california yeah. and we got the water shortage going on out here so baths for yeah. A lot of people is not no longer something they can do. Yeah, and in a lot of cultures that these that these baths come from, you know, bathtubs weren't really a thing, so unless they were necessarily communal baths. So um so all of these can be, you know, just put in a little put in a little bucket with a sponge even by the door. Some cultures do like a little mixture of things by the door of lemon and salt and, you know, ask everybody that comes in to dip their hands in or something like that to to clear to clear some of the energy out of their system. Hmm. Yeah, what I found works really well for me is I have you come to my um, home or my office and you'll see a great big hunking piece of black obsidian sitting right by the door. Uh, and everybody says, oh, yeah. the rock art looks up. It's got a purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, there are lots of there are lots of neat kind of uh, spiritual herbs that people can put like under their doormat or above their door or you know all this sort of stuff that either keep people away or kind of clear things or make sure that kind of the the no good nicks don't you know get in. <laughs> right, right. Because I mean, it's your space. You're entitled to have in it whatever space that you want. Now, um, in your um. Bio, you said that you are a zero balancer. What's that? So zero balancing was developed by a man who was an acupuncturist um, as well as an osteopath. Um, And what it is is that it works with the spiritual energy, so the energetic currents of bones, basically. So it's one of those modalities that I really like because it not only works physically, meaning that if you have something kind of out of alignment, like, you know, if your low back is in pain and your hip is kind of tweaked from that old injury, you know, maybe you twisted your ankle 10 years ago and it hasn't been right since then, it can very much work with that but it mm-hmm. also works with the the energy of bone. And bone is one of our, our the deepest energies in our body and a lot of attention has not really been paid to it. And so when you get into a session, there's a specific protocol that's done and it's very physical and very hands-on, but mm-hmm. it allows for all of that energy in your body and the energy of our body tends to get stuck in the joints and, you know, kind of all the crevices of our body. It helps to move everything through the joints um, of our body so we can experience this free flow um, at a pretty deep level in our body. So it's it's pretty amazing stuff. Okay, so is it the bone or is it the bone marrow or or what? It really focuses on the bones as well as the joints of the body. And so it looks at the body and how things may be out of alignment. For example, a lot of people carry a lot of tension in their shoulders or their hips or something like that. And so what this work is, is just really gently guiding the body to release stored energy, for example, in the hip socket or in the shoulders and allow for it to to flow through, which um, because it also is a manual therapy, um, it's hands-on, it Mm -hmm. not only has a spiritual function, but it has a very physical function as well. So I've worked with a lot of people previously that um, have had a lot of kind of strange injuries and, you know, oh, I've been to five chiropractors and three massage therapists and my low back is still hurting me or my ankle has never been right since this and this a day. Um, and zero balancing has really helped those those types of people. Okay. So is that modality pretty widely known where 
most people can, you know, if they're near a major city, could find a practitioner? Yeah, it's pretty widely known. And so, I mean, people can just go on and, and to the, there's just look up zero balancing and, um, there are some people who are certified, and, but pretty much in every state, at least in the U.S., I know of at least a few people or I've heard of a few people that are that are practitioners of it, yeah. Okay, so this would have to be done in person. It's not an energy thing that you could work long distance? No, it's not a because it deals with that physical part of it, too. Uh-huh. Um, it's really something that needs to be done hands-on. But um, if people are able to find someone... It, it's really one of those experiences that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that there was something that could do this for me, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh, okay. it's good stuff. Okay, <laughs> cool. Okay, so in your book, back to your book, you talk about shamanic yeah. awakening. Now, we've talked about the spiritual awakening. How is the shamanic awakening different? So a shamanic awakening is really a type of spiritual awakening, but it has a little bit of a different function. And so... We're going to go back to buzzwords again. The word shaman in our culture, you know, like everybody mm-hmm. and their brother thinks that they're a shaman these days. But there um, are specific kind of common experiences that people who are intended to fulfill the role of being a spiritual healer for their community tend to experience. So things like near-death experiences, um, having the ability to naturally kind of traverse worlds, meaning that they don't necessarily need to go journey, but they can go into trance states really easily or they have really strange dreams. They don't really need to go look for spiritual teachers because they're, you know, their guides and spirits are all around them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and they tend to go through initiations, um, like I talk about shamanic dismemberments, which are um, the experience of dreaming or having visions of, you know, being devoured or being ripped apart or something like that. So there are a lot of kind of typical things that people um, will experience if they're intended to be a spiritual worker. And this awakening is different than a lot of the other ones in the book that I talk about because it is awakening to fulfill a specific role. So in some ways it's really not about the individual. It's about certain people in the community having the capacity to work with the spiritual realms, to be an intermediary between the spirit realms um, and our very kind of physical, dense realm. So uh-huh. um, most, of, yeah, most of the other awakenings are about the individual person and their path and that sort of stuff, and well, a shamanic awakenings are a little bit different in that way. Okay. So for a moment, I want to talk about some of the more different energies out there. Some of them are um, intended to be harmful, some not. Um, in your book, you talk about occult awakenings. So talk to us about occult awakenings. And then I also would like for you to include in that walk-ins and um, possession and ent- entity awakenings. Yeah. So these are some of the lesser known ones. Um, mm-hmm. So um, in terms of the occult awakening, sometimes people will, um, and I have different thoughts about this, but essentially people will awaken through a path of exploring um, occult books or um, join occult organizations. And the occult overall has a pretty bad rap just because of how, how you know, the movies that we see and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the work is actually um, very personal and it's very intended for the person to get in touch with the same sorts of things um, that people that would consider themselves, um, oh, I'd never, you know, touch an occult book with, you know, uh, 10 feet away from me or something like that would be interested uh-huh. in. So it's interested in things like chakras and energy cords and um, really cultivating energy, developing a relationship with the self and the divine and learning how to communicate um, with with different energies and with different spirits and developing a working relationship with um, different energies and spirits. Um, and so some people will start to awaken through a path of um, exploring basically occult material. And, of course, we all know that 
um, some of this material isn't necessarily, you know, healthy or some people who are attracted to it aren't necessarily the, the most mentally sound, but there are some people that do achieve a great deal of awakening um, in a really uh-huh. balanced and healthy way through through some of this material. And so, um, and so it's just kind of a type of awakening that, that people um, may go through is to awaken through kind of occult pathways or through um, organizations that are um, affiliated with the occult. Um, and in terms of if we were to talk about entity or possession awakening, it's a difficult one and it's one that isn't commonly talked about. It's one a lot of people might not want to talk about, but essentially... Um, as a spiritual worker and just um, kind of working with people, there are some instances in which a conscious energy um, can attach to someone. And when that happens, um, some of their knowledge or understanding can actually be a sort of fuel for the person. And so I've talked to people who all of a sudden um, became totally interested in a, in a particular spiritual path or started mm-hmm. having all of these revelations about chakras or um, or about a specific religion or something like that when previously um, they had no idea about anything spiritual. Um, or maybe they did and maybe they on some level asked for the experience because that can happen as well. Um, but what it's it's a difficult scenario because what happens is that a conscious energy may offer some type of power understanding to a person, and if somebody feels that um, or starts to realize things or starts to awaken more through having something attached to them, they might not want to get rid of it, but what they don't realize is that it's, um, if something's attached to you, it's draining you of your personal energy, your personal power. Yeah, and that also means grandma when she passes over and you want her back. And a lot of people yeah. don't understand that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and we have a difficult view of things because, you know, we see all these movies, and most of the time when energies attached, they really are what I call former humans. They're just, you know, they're people that didn't cross over well. So they're nothing evil. They're nothing difficult. They're nothing like that. It's likely, you know, your neighbor or some dude at the bar or, you know, just something like that. And so we turn these things into, you know, these spectacles and TV shows of people chasing after ghosts and all that (laughs) sort of stuff. And it's really, you know, it's really like not a big deal generally. Um, uh, for people, um, but in terms of if something is attached to you, even if it's you know completely loving towards you, completely love itself, it wants to be there to watch over you, like grandma or something like that. Um, unfortunately, what happens is that you know it's like a battery being plugged into two things. It's just not intended to happen that way. So people can start to get fatigued and be drained of energy and start to get physical e- issues, even from from whatever is attached to them. So, um, okay. yeah. Okay. Now, what about walk-ins? You hear a lot about walk-ins, but you know, it's some people believe you know, it in them. Some people say no. It's it's something I haven't run across a lot, and I think it's something that I haven't run across a lot because they're not the type of person that will contact me, uh-huh. basically. So I hear from a lot of people that have experienced top-down awakenings and shamanic awakenings because it's a difficult process. But a walk-in is essentially, there are different ways that it's believed to have been hap- believed to happen, but essentially um, a person is, Um, in a state of despair or maybe they have a near-death experience or a suicide attempt um, or some sort of scenario in which they're close to death or near death or really in a state of kind of depression or or something like that, typically, Uh in which um, some sort of spirit or energy basically agrees to or offers to take over their physical form for them and kind of live out their life for them. So the person takes a bit of a back seat and whatever this energy is or being is um, gets gets the benefits of having a physical body um, and manifesting here on the on the physical plane. 
And uh-huh. so I always have a lot of curiosity about this because I always wonder kind of what happens to the person um, who made this agreement. And I don't really typically, I don't really have an answer for that yet. But I mm. had, yeah, I had a client who had this happen to, and I was working with him before his, um, before he was hospitalized. And it was the strangest thing you know, I'm used to really strange stuff, but he came <laughs> out and he completely, he decided to become a psychiatric nurse. His eye color changed. He wow. got really into health. He, like, gained 20 pounds and started, like, weightlifting, and he used to go into destructive relationship after destructive relationship, and he started um, and was really, you know, um he wasn't talking to his family anymore and all of a sudden he started talking to his family and decided to um, get into healthy relationships with people. So it was this huge shift in the period of about a day. Um, And it was just something, you know, I've seen some strange stuff by now and that was one of those things where I was just like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Turn your head sideways, scratch it and say, hmm. whether it's smoking pot or coke or, well, I guess coke is cocaine or ayahuasca, whatever. What are your thoughts regarding that? So um, in terms of drugs, what I would say is that a lot of people who are going through a difficult spiritual awakening process use drugs to, um, whether psychiatric or recreational, to stop their process. So it's rather well known that people will um, turn to substances because um, they do tend to dampen the process, some mm-hmm. of them. Um, so um, And to also numb the pain and the trauma coming up and all that sort of stuff as well. I will say in terms of ayahuasca and some of the more um, what, what I would call teacher plants is that they can really open people up. But again, there's the question of safety and there's also the question of um, do you, um, if we're going to talk about spiritual awakening kind of as an elevator, do you really want or need to go up 20 floors on that elevator at once? So I have worked with a lot of people who have um, worked with San Pedro or Ayahuasca And what has happened is that they've had this really intense awakening and they've gone from being, okay, maybe I'm interested in spirituality, I'm interested in 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 it enough to go do ayahuasca and to have that experience. Um, Uh But afterwards, they're just like, what the heck happened? They have a lot of difficulty integrating the experience and figuring out, I saw all these grids, I saw all this weird stuff happening, you know, kind of what's going on. And so some of these teacher plants can be extraordinary for opening people up and opening and really doing a lot of healing. But there's also the other side of it, which is... um, if somebody needs healing to that extent. And also a lot of things are emerging about the safety, especially because ayahuasca has become such a fad of mm-hmm. um, shamans or ayahuascaros um, uh, becoming ayahuascaros without having, you know, the experience that they need to and the sort of training that they need to in order to keep people who are having these experiences safe while they're, while they're having them, basically. So they can be extraordinary, but um, but just realizing what you're getting into fully would be would be suggested. And sometimes you don't realize that until you're there. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those yeah, little facts of it's, life. It's, sometimes it's a, it's a steep learning curve for people sometimes, but people mm-hmm. certainly have had extraordinary healings um, from ayahuasca and some of the other teacher plants, and I don't want to discount that at all. Okay, cool. Um, tell us um, about your website and give us the name, what people are going to find on it. Do you have any events coming up? How do people connect with you? So my website is maryshutan.com. That's Mary, M-A-R-Y-S-H-U-T-A-N.com. Um, and generally I work via distance. So I work with people via Skype and phone all over the world. I do 
um, spiritual healing as well as I do a lot of consultation work um, for people going through um, to learn how to manage psychic abilities or to learn tools on how to work with their their spiritual experiences. Um, I also offer sometimes some courses via email, and those are all on my homepage, and people can look at that sort of stuff as well. So um, most of my offerings are via distance, um, so people can just, if they're interested, go to my website and send me an email if they're interested in chatting with me, and we can take it from there. Okay. Well, you know, Mary, I've really enjoyed our time together. Why don't you give us one pearl of wisdom so that our audience can hold on to that and grow with it? Okay. And so what I would say to people is that spiritual awakening overall is um, a process that can be done to have an impact on your daily lives. It can be a physically embodied process. And most of all, it's a process of direct revelation, meaning that having the experiences um, and really understanding what is right for you and your own path. So there are teachers out there that can teach you things, but it you, um, it really is about your own direct experiences and learning what you individually need to transform yourself and to become more of who you truly are. Okay, well said, well said. Well, thank you so much for your time. You. I do appreciate you being with us and enlightening our audience today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Oh, well, you're welcome. We'll do it again sometime, okay? Sounds good. Alrighty, bye-bye. And thank you, Bye. the audience, for um, being with me today. I truly appreciate your time and your attention. If you're looking for clarity in your life on any level, give me a call. For a consultation, that number is 888-240-6057. Check out my website, MoniqueChapman.com, for all the services that I do offer. And please remember that the most important choice that you make is what you choose to make important. Make the masterful choice and choose happiness. Wishing you good health and wealth until we connect again. Namaste. Namaste.